0: Amen. Amen. Let's give this choir another hand. Amen. We thank God for giving us another opportunity to worship him today in spirit and in truth. Uh, We thank him for uh, the presence of his Holy Spirit, because without his his spirit, we would not be able to sing. We would not be able to pray, uh, to worship him. We thank God for the presence of His Holy Spirit that empowers us uh, to encourage one another and to love one another. Amen. Bless you, brother. (laughs) Amen. Pastor George has been doing a great job on this series called Simple Christmas, and we know that during this time of the year, sometimes it can be a very dark time because uh, the family members that used to be with us that are no longer with us anymore Uh, So it can be a very dark time as well as a happy time. And sometimes we have to live with that tension and just uh, lean into the memories that we have of those who have gone on before us. But also we have to lean into the fact that uh, Jesus wrapped himself in human flesh and became one of us uh, so that we uh, could have a right to the tree of life and be born again and so we cherish that, and we worship because of that. We worship Him. And today, we're going to look at uh, the title, uh, Presence Over Presence. Amen. And uh, we're going to look at uh, Luke chapter 5, verses 27 through 32. And I ask that you will stand and we will read this together. So on page 837 in your pew Bibles, now let us read together. After this, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me. And he got up, left everything, and followed him. And Levi gave a great banquet for him in his house, and there was a large crowd of tax collectors and others sitting at the table with them. The Pharisees and the scribes were complaining to his disciples saying, "Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners?" Jesus answered, "Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners to repentance." Amen. You may be seated. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our Lord lasts forever. Presence over presence. While walking through the airport and waiting for a connecting flight, I noticed how much we depend on our mobile devices (laughs) to stay connected to one another as well as the world. I observed many people walking around the airport terminal searching for a power source (laughs) to recharge their mobile devices. I noticed that 80% of the people sitting around me were either on their cell phone or tablet. They were caught up in the rapture of a virtual world as they sat and gazed into the virtual window of their mobile devices. As I watch and observe this behavior, I began to think about it from a spiritual perspective. It dawned on me that just as we seek to recharge our cell phones and our laptops and our tablets, that and by trying to find a power source to plug into, that how much more should we seek to recharge our spiritual lives? Is there a place or a power source that we can plug into? I'm glad you asked that question. (laughs) Because I believe that as we look at this pericope of scripture, that there are some lessons that we can glean from Jesus' call for Levi to follow him. Uh, Levi is very much like us. Uh, He's a human being. He has a career. He has occupation. And we're going to learn some things from Levi in terms of choosing being in the presence of Christ rather than presence or his occupation. Because I believe many times as Christmas comes upon us that instead of replenishing us, Christmas sometimes depletes us. And really, brothers and sisters, out of all the the holidays and seasons of life, Christmas should be replenishing us because Jesus, the very presence of Christ, should empower us and give us a sense of his presence. So the question comes, how do we unplug from our mobile devices? How do we unplug from Facebook? How do we unplug from Twitter? How do we unplug from CNN? How do we unplug from Fox? How, how do we unplug from all that's going on in our world and get plugged into Jesus? Because I think Christmas is, is an opportunity, a prime opportunity for us to plug into Jesus. And I would think that as we look at this story of, of Levi, it says in verse 27 that after went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth, he said to him, follow me. And he got up and left everything and followed him. Now, there's a lot embedded in those two verses that Jesus focused on a tax collector named Levi. Some of us know how tax collectors were viewed during that time. They were traitors. They uh, they took from the poor and gave to the Greco-Roman world, gave to the government. Uh, And sometimes they took more than what was required. And Levi is a tax collector. Now, many of us would not have called a tax collector to come to follow us. Uh, None of us would probably call someone who took from the poor and gave to the rich and, and took a little bit for themselves. We would not call that person to follow us, but Jesus saw something in Levi that was beyond his present position, his present occupation, his present career. He saw something in him, and he said to him, follow me. But I would like to see for us to see that Levi chose to be in the presence of Christ. He chose to be in his presence over possessions. Look at, look at what it says, that he got up with no questions, left everything, and followed Jesus. There was no, there, there's no narrative there. There's no detailed information that it says, and he got up and left everything and follow him. Now you have to understand it was easy for a fisherman to get up and follow Jesus in the sense that he could always go back to their occupation. They could always go back to the occupation. But for Levi, who we know also as Matthew, uh, for him to leave his occupation meant that he would never be able to go back to his job because it was a, uh, a Roman-supported, Greco-Roman-world-supported position. So he could never go back and say, you know what? I want my job back. Levi left everything and followed Jesus. Now, it it, it seems to me that Levi was looking for a way out of his occupation. (laughs) It, It seems to me that he was looking for someone to come along and deliver him from the job that he had, because it was a job that was considered, he would be considered a social outcast. Uh, He was looked down upon by the Pharisees and by his own people. It says that he left everything and followed Jesus. Now, the next verse says, then Levi gave a great banquet for him in his house and there was a large crowd of tax collectors and others sitting at the table with them can you see the uh, can you see here in Levi's house and i would like to think that Levi was calling was having a retirement party <laughs> amen somebody <laughs> uh, that Levi was having a, a retirement party And in a real sense, he was detaching himself from things and attaching himself to Christ. He was detaching himself from things, from his career, from his occupation, from his job, and attaching himself to Christ. The question comes today, what do we need to detach ourselves from today What do we need to detach ourselves from? Sometimes we we attach ourselves to things that deplete us. Uh, We attach ourselves to to money. We attach ourselves to uh, our homes. We attach ourselves to things that are temporary. And we should be attaching ourselves to the one who is eternal. Attaching ourselves to Jesus Christ. This is what Levi did. Now, now I'm, not, I'm not suggesting that you leave your job unless God says for you to leave your, leave your job. But what I am saying is that there comes a time in life where we've got to look at life from the perspective, what is it that's draining me? What, what is it that's taking the life out of me? And what gives me power? What gives me Energy. Some of us are having some energy leaks in here today. <laughs> that we came in depleted. Uh, we came in uh, on half empty, and some of us came in on empty. And and you came here with the hope of being replenished. You came here with the hope that Lord, say something to me that will replenish me. I think Levi was tired of living with the tension of being a a social outcast, of being looked down upon by his own people and being used by the Greco-Roman world uh, to take from his own people and to give to the Romans. And so Levi said, here's my chance. Here's my chance to to follow someone who's going to give me life. Here's my chance to follow someone who's going to give me energy. Here's my chance Uh, to attach myself to someone who will replenish me. I think all of us find ourselves in that rhythm of life every now and then where we need to recenter ourselves. All of us find ourselves sometimes in in a situation where we, we want a way out. Sometimes the the way out that we choose is not the right way. The the way out is to attach ourselves to the Savior, the one who gives us power, the one who gives us strength, the one who gives us energy. Levi chose to be in the presence of Christ over his possessions, over his occupation. But also I want us to look at this passage and notice that there. Here's Levi, here's the Pharisees, and then there's Jesus. And you're always going to have some critics. You're always going to have some haters. It says the Pharisees and their scribes were complaining to his disciples, saying, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? We have to understand the the Pharisees, here they are, because sometimes people are present in your life and they deplete you. <laughs> you know, there are two types of people in your life. There are replenishers and there are depleters. Amen, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes uh, those, those depleters, every time they come your way, they're asking for something. They want something. They want to borrow something. But never giving anything of themselves to you anticipating any of your needs. But replenishers, they come into our lives to encourage us, to pour into us, to give us a sense of hope, to make us feel better. We, we need to surround ourselves with more replenishers than we do have depleters. And I think every time the Pharisees showed up, they were depleting Jesus, they were trying to deplete Jesus. They were trying to deplete his disciples. You notice the Pharisees weren't talking to Jesus. They're instigating. They, they, they're going to his disciples to divide and, and conquer. So they're going to his disciples and asking, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? I would like to think, you know, when we think about Christmas, and I like the way one writer, one writer put it, he talks about, Christmas and how we, what's the reason, why do we wrap gifts? And he says this I don't understand, and I certainly don't understand paying folks to wrap them. (laughs) them. (laughs) Amen. Trust me, the person you are giving a gift to is not interested in your wrapping. Now, they may placate you by noticing the wrapping and telling you how pretty the bow looks. But in the end, they are going to tear it open. Wrapping paper and all the accompanying accessories are a camouflage that disguises what people are really interested in. We get all hyped and, and geeked when we see people wrap well. They drive a well wrapped car, they live in a well wrapped neighborhood. They work in a well-wrapped job. They wear re- well-wrapped clothes. And they have well-wrapped money. But God wants to know what the wrapping is covering. He's interested in knowing what's on the inside. And the Pharisees, they were, they were real, well-wrapped. They had the nice garments on. They were well wrapped. They seemed to be all together. But I would venture to say today that I'd rather be wrapped up in Jesus than to be wrapped up in things. So the question comes today, what are you wrapped up in? Are you wrapped up in your home? Are you wrapped up in your car? Are you wrapped up in your job? Are you wrapped up in your education? God never intended us to wrap ourselves up in things that objectify us. God wants us to be wrapped up in his son. That's what Christmas is all about. He wants us to be wrapped up in him. And if you're wrapped up in anything other than Jesus, you're engaging in idolatry. God wants us to be wrapped up in his son, and I'd rather that we be wrapped up in Jesus than wrapped up in things, things that don't last. The Pharisees, they were wrapped up in their religious education. They were wrapped up in the Mosaic law, which they looked at it as an end in itself, and it should have been a means to an end. It was pointing them to the Savior, yet they did not recognize who Jesus was. Brothers and sisters, let us not be Pharisaic in our approach to life. Not, let us not be legalistic. Let us not be wrapped up in any ideology. We must be committed to being wrapped up in Jesus and all that he is. Amen? But Also, I want us to see here in this text, we, we, we've learned a little bit about Levi. We've learned something about Pharisees, but then the, the, the Pharisees asked this question, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And we have to also understand the, the, the social context of this passage is that for Jesus to engage in table fellowship with tax collectors and sinners implies that Jesus in some way wants to share his life with them. For Jesus to engage in table fellowship means that he has accepted them. And so the Pharisees are beginning to judge Jesus because they notice that there's a pattern in Jesus' life that he's always fellowshipping with the people who are ostracized, who are marginalized, with people who, who, who the Pharisees would never venture to have table fellowship with. But here we see, especially in Luke's gospel, we see this constant pattern of Jesus engaging in table fellowship, breaking bread with those who are marginalized. And so the Pharisees asked this question, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? This question was asked of the disciples. They didn't, they didn't respond, but Jesus responded for them. He said, those who are well have no need of a physician but those who are sick. The Pharisees did not realize that they were sick. They did not realize that they needed a physician. They did not realize that Jesus came to die for them. They did not realize, they felt felt like they were well because they had, uh, they were taking religious pills they 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 didn't think that they they didn't think that they were sick because they had been on a regular mosaic diet they they didn't think that they they didn't think that they were sick because uh, they they knew all the prescriptions that had been given to them through the mosaic law but Jesus is saying to them that's the very problem that The Mosaic law was not an end in itself. It was a means to an end. Now the great physician has come. Everyone who has come before Jesus were just practitioners. They were just practitioners. And Jesus said, no, I am the great physician. Jesus says, I have come. Call not the righteous, but sinners to repentance I have come not to call the righteous you call yourself righteous what I love about Jesus is Jesus practiced the ministry of presence in other words he he believed in being visibly present in the lives of those whom he loved and ministered to When Jesus called Levi to follow him, he was really saying, I'm making a commitment to love you and be present in your life until you look like me. And brothers and sisters, in a real sense, Advent is all about God being present in our lives. God the Father wrapped his son in human flesh to be all there for sinful humanity. I like the way Jim Elliott said it. He says, wherever you are, be all there. Live to the hilt every situation you believe to be the will of God. And these words really express the very essence of the ministry of Jesus Christ. That wherever we find Jesus in the Gospels, he's all there. With the woman who had an issue of blood flowing out of her, Jesus was all there, even though he didn't know who had touched him where he did know. The man who had a legion of demons in him, Jesus was all there. He did not ignore him. Blind Bartimaeus, he was there. He was crying out, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus was all there. Wherever we find Jesus in the gospels, he's all there. My brothers and sisters, he's all there for us today. The word became flesh and tabernacle among us. Jesus wanted us to know how much he cares about us, so he left the comfort of heaven to make his presence known to humanity once and for all. Jesus was there, was all there for the poor, the sick, the tax collectors, the sinners. The marginalized of society. He also told his disciples that he would never leave them nor forsake them. So he is all there for us even today. And in a real sense, Advent is a call for us to be all there. To be all there means to be present. And people need your presence more than they need. Your presence. You are a present to the people around you. And so, brothers and sisters, let us unplug ourselves from those things that take us away from our family, take us away from our friends. I know sometimes we think that the technology that we have And if that's all you have, I understand that. But brothers and sisters, understand this. People need to feel your touch. They need to see your smile. They need to see your presence. Your presence needs to be made known. I'm so glad that Jesus didn't text us. I'm so glad that Jesus didn't have a a Facebook page where he shared all of his thoughts and feelings and frustrations but he came down, wrapped himself in human flesh, and became one of us. Your family and friends need you to unplug yourself from things, from Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, texting, Take time to be be present in their lives. Advent is not really about getting presents as it is about being present. Someone needs to see your smile, hear your voice, feel your touch. So wherever you are during this Christmas season, remember to be all there. A mother was having a, a gathering to celebrate the birth of a newborn son she invited a bunch of friends over to celebrate his arrival she welcomed a guests and they all had a great time celebrating eating and drinking and after a while one of the ladies said well bring the baby out let us see him the mother went to the went to get the baby from his crib he was nowhere to be found She started to panic and feel fearful. Suddenly she remembered that the baby was still at her parents' house (laughs) where she had left them early that morning. She and the guests had been having so much fun that they had forgotten what the party was all about in the first place. Brothers and sisters during this Christmas season, don't forget what Christmas is all about in the first place. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for Jesus Christ. We thank you, dear God, that you loved us so much that you came became one of us, subjected yourself to the human elements came one of us to feel what we feel, to see what we see, to touch us, for us to hear your voice and to know that you care. Lord, may we during this Christmas season realize that somebody needs us to be present in their lives, somebody who, who's grieving, somebody who's poor, somebody who has no clothes on our back, somebody who's been marginalized, somebody who's who's a senior, who may be dying from loneliness in a nursing home. Dear God, they need us to be present. Lord, will you help us, dear God, to reflect your character and to be present, to be all there. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.